Welcome to the After Party, a house party rager for our characters to take a break from the adventuring life in between episodes while the players and myself do our best to report, record a podcast one room over. My name is Nathan Augustine, and while I could be with Turnpike smoking cigars on the porch, instead I'm here at this table recording this podcast. My name is Zach Stenzel, and while I could be hanging out with G-Money and Stan as they discuss who has the best best friend relationship between Prosciutto and Felipe. Wow. I'm here recording a podcast. Wow, all your characters have little buddies. Wow. Um, all of them. Uh, hi, my name is Tanner. And while I could be uh, in the backyard playing a game with Laszlo of uh, Backyard Volleyball, where Creech is the ball, instead, <laughs> I am here at the table recording this podcast. It's a huge ball. How big's the court? Big. I'm David, and while I could be with Leon as he successfully convinces Ellie to join him for his raid. Fuck yeah. Uh, Fuck yeah. I'm here in this room recording this podcast. Um, I'm David Beeman, and um, I actually uh, was sort of in the middle of something and had to step out to come join this podcast. I was attending um, the sex therapy class that Scooter and Lil Scoot are running, um, where he pretty much just casts throws of ecstasy over and over and over and over <laughs> to help people get over their sexual anxieties. That's horrifying. Do you know what the worst part of this is? I've taken a sex therapy class. How did it And go? that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no one from my cohort, and especially my professor, don't hear that. <laughs> Surprise, that sex therapist is a huge fan. <laughs> wow, okay, well... Uh, Could you imagine people playing this podcast in sex therapy for people? No, just I couldn't. One episode. <laughs> I, I really couldn't. You see, it's actually uh, that simple. You just cast throws of ecstasy. I, I forgot to specify um, all the people attending the class are just Jerry's. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh that's incredible. Oh, well, yeah, man. we're here to talk about uh, the last arc of Spyro. So, yeah, man, a lot happened per usual. A lot and stuff and things are coming as usual, you know, long form campaign biz. Um, but yeah, uh, did we end an arc of Spyros on an up note? E- I'm gonna say yes. Yeah, I that, think that we is, did. We screwed might, in a light bulb. I think we did. Yeah, we I, did finally screw in that. Uh, light bulb. I mean, yeah. you guys are the players, so I'll allow that. I feel like it was like a very beige note, not like not red, <sighs> not green. He can't give us anything. But how excited are you for it? I'm. David or Leon? Yes. Both. Both. Horrified. Okay, okay, got it. They're horrified. Okay, well, <laughs> I thought Leon would be more excited. One, I'm doing a one-person session where I'm probably going to have combat, and that sounds difficult. You'll have an army. Yeah, you have an army. I mean, as far as you... I mean, we'll D&D involves a lot of combat. You can assume yeah. that all yeah. of you are going to have some yeah, sort I, of combat thing. Yeah, which is I, scary yeah. for me because I'm, I'm just, staying it's, here. It's, I feel like it is most obvious for yeah, me. Yeah, that's ominous, actually. Aglet's going to be like, I'm coming for your job, motherfucker. <laughs> this is for killing my friend Vest. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to be Aglet. Like, yeah. yeah. Corporate gossip fighting to deal with. Oh, oh no. You're going to get the inside scoop. This is a nightmare. <laughs> Good reference. The rumor Your references are out of control. control. Everybody this knows that. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I guess from the movies. 
Oh boy. So Nathan, how'd you think this was gonna go? Yeah, for real. Um, like as a whole, or I want to. Sure. Oh, maybe here's a better question. Sure. What how didn't mo- you think it was gonna go? <laughs> what are moments that went differently than you expected? Okay. Um, moments that went differently than I would have expected. Um, one of, I mean, it was kind of expected, but not not wholly. Um, I mean, we. Th- we talked about it a little bit uh, on our first bathroom break, but since this is the after party, I'm gonna bring it up. Um, kind of Laszlo's outburst um, with Vile and Shadrach, and then kind of the resolution that came alongside that was not something I expected. I expected the Laszlo and Scooter conflict to be longer honestly or to take or just take longer to resolve uh really um but you guys kind of surprised me you Um, underestimated our deep love for each other i guess i did um (laughs) uh, (laughs) quickly they would just start yelling yeah (laughs) yeah last time you'll make that mistake yeah apparently but um yeah kind of all of that um was pretty surprising i'll say that most of the other things in this arc were um, uh, unsurprising to me, at least for mm. most most of it. Was everyone's kind of choices of what they were gonna do? I mean, it seems like Laszlo's was pretty laid out of like he needed to build the light bulb, and Leon needed to go to the tomb forest, mm-hmm. which kind of left Scooter to do that because I know he was super interested in the library. But did you expect that he was gonna go canine planes? Was that you know, I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I, um, Scooter and Flannel, uh, a pre-podcast character, uh, who, uh, was honestly like the first friend that the party made, uh, was pretty close with Scooter and, and like, an artificer of, and an artificer. I'm wondering if we all went different places though, if we would have wound up going to different things, if that, what do you mean? Question. So I said that I wanted to go to the library. Right? Yeah. If Leon went to the library mm-hmm. and I like did what Leon did, if we made different paths, would I be going to the Tomb Forest and he going to the Canine Plains? Then? Uh, probably not. Probably yeah, not. Because even passionate. if even if the things that we were trying to accomplish were different, they would probably still be within our own interests and okay. focuses. Yeah. yeah. Do you hear yeah. that? It sounds like a train. <laughs> <laughs> There, I, 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 I like, it's nah. not railroading. It is it's more not. catering it's to the wants of the players and everything. It's a joke, Tanner. I know. <laughs> I, made, I made a joke. I know. I, was I mean, just yeah, like talking. Uh, Laszlo's kind of always been heading the front on kind of what's going on at Wimwam. I feel like Laszlo has cared the most about what's going on in Wimwam and always wants an update with Wimwam and mm. wants to take it back the most. I think, mm. um, yeah. and so. Him kind of taking the charge with the lighthouse uh, things is very, I mean, that's catered to his interest and wants. Uh, Leon obviously is from the Tomb Force and cares deeply about it. Um, that is it's, that is probably the easiest motivation across everyone in this campaign, I would say. Um, and the most like profound motivation uh, by any of the characters. So that's obviously an easy cater. And then... For Scooter, yeah, I guess it is like a little different, um, but I'm kind of just like 
I'm giving you the like the artificer wants essentially because that's kind I mean, of out like of the three options. That's the one I that mean, makes the most sense. Yeah, and like and and flannel is kind of just like another version of you. He's just like another small folk with like artificer. It was reason. a little bit. Like, well, I think this he's, is again pre podcast stuff. But it, yeah. as I recall, maybe I said it out loud. Maybe I didn't. But I think I remember kind of um, actually saying it like almost verbatim is Scooter saw Flannel and saw a potential future version of himself. Yes. One yeah, that, one I that never that, yeah. got to leave Spyros and yeah. was stuck there. And that actually caused, I think, Scooter's first like emotional breakdown mm-hmm. was when he met Flannel and he was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm looking into a crystal ball at a version of myself that never gets to go home. Yeah. Um, whereas I feel like now, after all this growth, it's more of like him coming into his own, and totally. I feel like he'll have a different perspective on Flannel and see him a little more as like a mentor. I think. Yeah, totally. And you're all getting to a point where you're all like realizing strengths and and becoming powerful. So going out on your own is intimidating because you haven't done it before but you have more of a means and power to do so. So um, felt like a good time. I was about to say, I, I think that the at the point that we're at, <clears throat> I think further internal conflicts are now going to be um, possibly completely avoided by the fact that we all are able to go fully focus on our own interests without having to Physically and within, you know, direct vicinity, obviously we care about each other and it's a concern of ours that we're, you know, all safe and everything, but we don't have to physically be like watching each other's backs in this moment and that the differences within us are going to be, you know, fed in in this absence of each other in a very healthy way, I think, for our characters that I think has been, you know, kind of the source of our uh issues in a lot of ways of you know things that we care about we can't focus on and thus that's a stressor amidst the other real stressors staring us in the face while we're all trying to keep each other alive Mm -hmm. from them do you think it was not in like a bad way at all but maybe a little bit of a weight lifted off of laszlo's shoulders knowing that you can just burrow down and focus on your task and not necessarily have to worry about Scooter and his no. like okay um no i think laszlo actually um i can't remember if i made the point during session or not i don't think i did um laszlo um is nervous for everyone except leon laszlo is like very like Scooter like, feels, yeah. I mean, the, he's actually he, the only one Scooter's nervous about is himself. He mm-hmm. thinks you guys have um, got this figured out. Um, I think Laszlo is very much like Leon's going to do great. This is exactly, you know, his thing that, you know, we know he can do. Um, and the only reason Laszlo is nervous for Scooter is because I feel like Laszlo is like, oh, this is fantastic for Scooter. He really needs this. Um, and I think Lazo, I mean, Lazo said it to Scooter. He believes in him and that's not bullshit. It's not like, um, you know, he wants like space from Scooter or anything. He's more like, no, 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 this is going to be great. Like for you. Um, and I think it's something, you know, like to think about it in a way like Scooter has been through a lot, but at the same time, kind of 
thinking about it in the grand scheme of Spyros, pre-Spyros, Scooter was kind of a privileged middle class kid. A little bit. Yeah, from Definitely like had a lot of contempt for it. From too. like a normal place. Yep. Um yeah, and kind of the biggest issue with Scooter was just like you know this problem with authority and like kind of normal normal teenage stuff and then well, there the was someone... a fascinating take too um and i say that because like it, it, it's interesting looking at it from that angle because a lot of scooters contempt for authority and for the institutions that like he doesn't realize it but he's like fortunate enough to have you know mm-hmm. things like school and stuff like that um, it comes from like such a small world perspective. Mm-hmm. Like he sees it as like I am a teenager, I am lashing out. You know these. But having gone down to Spyros now and had like a lot of real world experiences, there's a little bit more perspective there. Of, like, yeah. Now I I know what it's like to have stakes. You know to see people die and mm-hmm. things like that. It's, yeah. There's a little more of like an overall I think appreciation for things that maybe he had a little bit of contempt for before, just because of that privilege, he never knew any different. Yeah, and I think Laszlo's concern is big brotherly in the sense of he wants to make sure that you come out on the other side. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're gonna come out on the other side of this experience probably messed up in some ways, but hopefully they are in ways that are that encourage that growth He's and self-reflection. Lose a limb. <laughs> <laughs> at least like a finger. He already lost like, a tooth. You guys are gonna yeah, see what True. I mean. It's a bad omen. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back, you guys, and I'm I'm not gonna have any teeth I left. They're all none of them are gonna grow back. I love that last after party we sat here all concerned and anxious and worried about the party is about to go split and we don't know what's going to happen. Oh no. And we now were the so anxious splitting. about someone leaving and the party not being complete or like G money being the only one left. And this after party, we're all like, all right, everyone's going out on their own. And we're <laughs> we don't do know it. what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. less of an anxious, oh shit, what if this happens? It's now the like healthy anxiety of like, this is going to happen. I'm excited and nervous about what that's going to entail. Full 180. Nathan, how Hi. the ending of last Ark of Spyros and that kind of precedent that was set of like, everyone kind of talked about walking away or doing their own thing informed your writing for this arc of setting it up to everyone is going to go do their own thing that is a great question so um yeah no uh this this arc i won't lie was one of the hardest arcs for me to write just because because of that honestly um i i was having a hard time getting around uh, uh, the idea of a split because it was like something that was threatening me. It wasn't something that had happened or was like for sure going to happen. It was something that was just looming behind me. So I kind of always had to like just have an assumption that it could possibly happen at any point. And that was kind of frightening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had ideas and things to adhere to it. Um, but um, there was a point where Tanner and I spoke about like leading up to a split, which is pretty funny because now we have. Um, but the original split may have been kind of different, um, and maybe the feelings would have been different um, leading into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of had to, and kind of what I was saying earlier, the the 
the makeup after the encounter with Vile and Shadrach um, and your resolution kind of coming together, that was surprising to me. So it kind of was just like, oh, I, I had all this stuff ready for that, but then it was just like, oh, well, now it's okay. So now I don't need to worry about that. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a challenge, I won't lie, um, but I think it turned out fine, and um, I'm kind of glad the way uh, this split at the end of this arc turned out. So. The, the way I see it is like the uh, antithesis to how this arc ended, keeping in the way of the you know bad it the bad split where it may have been heading would just be laszlo goes off with snub and you know does whatever he needs or he focuses on the wham wham lighthouse by himself or something um and goes off because he doesn't feel helpful with the group um leon doesn't have any support from the rest of cabin three and goes back to uh tomb forest on a suicide mission, probably without an army or support or anything. Scooter is basically left to do whatever he has to do (laughs) by himself and kind of be orphaned by his friends. I cannot be unsupervised. (laughs) (laughs) If we would have come back to hub later, we would have found it gone. Yeah. And, and G money would have just been like, okay, I guess you were here by like not appreciated as a team member. Like, you know, that's the bad split that, you know, this would have been um, had things gone that path. Yeah, I prefer this one. I prefer this one too. I'm really, really happy with G Money's. um, Oh my gosh. Yes. What a fantastic character. Yeah. Yeah, His pause point. I don't want to call it his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I said at the end of the last episode, I don't think this door is closed um, by any means for G Money. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting moving forward because obviously G Money's kind of parked at Hub, mm-hmm. um, but like he's doing a bunch of stuff, so like he's, yeah, he's clearly active, busy. Um, and he now has such a huge role; like he took over an entire like Fortune Two company. Like there, <laughs> yeah. there are two companies in the world. Yeah. That's really funny. Fortune 2. God, that's funny. It's the same <laughs> list every year. <laughs> but like, you know, this multi, like, I don't even know, billion. I don't know what kind of currency to use in this. But like, oh, large. shit, we should have asked for a fucking pay raise. We should have gotten some tokens out of this motherfucker. We, we all have stock in the company now. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. I, I totally I definitely do. Well, actually, yeah. I wanted to ask, is, is G-Money uh, Quarters uh, public? There's, I don't Ooh. know if there's a... Well, because if there's not, then as board members, we're all shareholders. So it might be like the shares are split four ways. So, like... I tell you, this is going into a college fund for a little Infinite scary. money glitch in no. Spyros? No. Sure. Infinite so again, to put my stamp on it, you've been made board members, which gives you like clearance above everything. You are on equal like kind of playing field as us. You're a director's group that helps lead choices and things that you want to do. You have all the resources to do. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's G-Money's company. It's, like, it's my perfect world where we're board members, but we make no fucking money. And all the real people who do all the work get I mean, all the money. G-Money doesn't have a salary. He no, but I, I, feel like, I feel like we're shareholders in the company, at least, right? There, what kind of stock market would it be with two companies? Well, if it's not a public, it's not, it's not on the market. <laughs> no, there are still shares in bad. the company, though, right? It's like the most intense oligopoly ever. 
Like there's two companies. Yeah. <laughs> That's a it. Duopoly, yeah. yeah. And so I think like G Money's goal is to make it where like, you know, the goal is not to make money, but the goal is to have enough money to fund the things that need to be done. So it is, you know, taking care of the people and yes, it is still making money somehow. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure that one out. I mean, but I, yeah, like, I, you know, still it is, sell product. Yeah. yeah. We'll still sell stuff, but it'll be fair prices. So it's going to be, we're going to make a lot less money than we tried to file would. as a non-for-profit, like a not-for-profit, <laughs> then Haven would be the only for no. profit company. And again, we're kind of, we're That's a bad idea. Me. Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> it's a bad and idea. And also, he doesn't want to give into just the throes of capitalism. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, he also, uh-huh. like, he, he sees this new position as something where, like, he can do good with it, and it is a way specifically to help you guys of, like, Leon's like, I need an army, and G-Money can just be, like, done. Like, Did yes, we all get corporate money. expense cards? No. Um, again, it's, like, Bogus. it is... It is, there is a slight step up of like G Money is the owner and you guys are the board of directors. Like just very small split company wise. Um, Cause there needs to kind of be like the one person who can stop Scooter from spending all of the company's money. Well, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Um, I totally see your point of view and I validate that. But without Leon and Laszlo around, if I if, if Scooter is going off on his own, if he doesn't have like an expense card or something like that, he will starve to death. I just like that's not a bit. I promise Scooter will starve <laughs> to death. Have, like a I'll bags of cured meat and apples. <laughs> I'll give him a yeah. debit card that only works at grocery stores. That way he can use it at all the stores that there were in the Canine Plains. Yeah, you know all the stores there were. But I'm, I mean, I'm just gonna. Ones. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna not Scooter's like see what's. Uh, Scooter's like trying to buy a sandwich from a dog, like, <laughs> like a random you dog. You make sandwiches, and- right? Mark. Right? Mark, <laughs> Mark. Um, this is, I feel like, uh, I'm going back to my flag uh, pin on this. I feel like it is a green flag because this is the first time you guys have, like, gotten an area, like, <laughs> blessed. And, 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 and not, we have, not cursed. We you know? have, for the first time, I was actually just thinking about this. Yeah. For the first time, we have built something versus torn something down. Yeah, yeah, actually. You guys mm-hmm. have found like establishments and been like, kill. Yeah. But not this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sturgis is shrugging super hard. <laughs> I'm about to be killing it. No, we're gonna yeah, go. We're nice. gonna go knock down um, other stuff yeah. now. But this is the first time we've ever built like something to make it better to do that. Yeah, like, and you're you're not you're not like killing. You're kind of just getting rid of the bad parts that are still out there. Yeah. Surgery. From, from, Surgery from the bad thing. You still got to cut some stuff out because it got away from you. <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, no, it's not. It's a very good thing that. Um, <laughs> that Leon is able to, I feel like, get this last ditch effort to save his homestead. With uh, corporate backing. How do, you, how do you feel about like, I feel like oh, so that- he gets a budget. I feel like that like hit me out of nowhere. I think 
tech quarters becoming like under G Money's control was a G-Money thing I wasn't expecting. Uh, sorry, yeah, G Money quarters um, uh, becoming a thing was not it's what I was such expecting. Such a bad name. It's can a great I, name. Can, can um, I just say that it's oh, like it's, it's, it's horrible, horrible. It's but terrible. I, I, I'm okay a subsidiary with it. for Shudo Incorporated. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, man! Wow. I wish it were called that, but it's no, called G Money. opening his own deli. G Money quarters. Um, anyway, your thought. Fortune three. Um, <laughs> Scooter's gonna open a law They firm. open the, the company and it's immediately <laughs> oh, yeah, Fortune Tires. <laughs> oh, no, you're uh, correct. The um, uh, repository, that Fortune 4. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so yeah. the murderers. Um, Fortune 5. And. Um, uh, gluttons and Thieves. Th- gluttons and Thieves, thank yeah. you. Fortune 7. <laughs> okay, alright, thank you. Right. Um, I feel like um, that kind of infrastructure that we suddenly had hit me out of nowhere. Um, the thing that I was really trying to do, which we kind of got around to it to where we are now, to where you feel like you can do something about Tomb, I wanted to find Thornquilt's corpse so fucking bad. Yeah, I was gonna so ask we could, you what so that we was could for. try and I was if I found it, I was gonna find you and be like, hey, it may not do anything. He can basically tell me to fuck off, but I was gonna be like, we can try and cast speak with dead on this guy and see what he can tell us. Oh. Um, I had no hope of finding that corpse. Yeah, I was like, I, that's why I was really trying to communicate how important yeah. it was to no, me. I know, I know. And I was just like, please, please do this. But it's like, fine, because again, I wanted to get to a point where you felt like you had something, and now you have a lot more, and I guess that leads me back to the question that I had was, how does it feel to kind of hit with what I assume for you was a whirlwind of going from can't do anything to now you have like a plan and are actively doing something I think <laughs> well timed cough mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. uh, I think cause like when Leon left like I almost played out like Leon finding an alleyway and like having a full on breakdown like a part of me was like I should play this out and then I was like I don't need to do that on mic <laughs> that's not good you for anyone tonight in bed. <laughs> I will trust me <laughs> Uh, so like Leon like hit that point of hopelessness and I think that is still there for him honestly Mm -hmm. I think he's marching on Tomb Forest and he's like I don't know how this is gonna go he's like I don't know if Leon is afraid of death Mm -hmm. and I think I actually I know Leon is not afraid of death he doesn't really have a concept for it Uh, but he's like he's marching on this thing and he's like I'm gonna try but like he is struggling to still like he wants to defend somebody is still struggling to find the point of it so i think he feels empowered but i think some of it also still just rang hollow for him in a way because mm. again you know seize with feet is dead and he he is both trying to get seize with feet back and i think that has also become almost just a metaphor for him of like this person died your home is gone because the people of your home is gone and so like what could you ever have done? What but did you ever do? Dead. He's just he's surely alive. He's, he is demattered, I guess. He's mm. not proclaimed uh, it's, dead. It sounds like Leon has had too many losses in a row mm-hmm. to remember what a win is like. Yes. And so this one then, it's not technically a win. It's just mm-hmm. a plan. So then it still yeah. doesn't feel possible like... W. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he won't even stop to think about it in any way until every single thing in front of him lies dead at his feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was why... And that was, and I think that was the thing that the warrior part of Laszlo kind of understood. Um, 
from Leon in that instance. That's why Leon. That's why Lazlo was like, "Go kill everything you fucking see," and like connected with that part I, of I, I Leon. I love your sense of kill the things that deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, you're, you're a fucking speech tanner. You're a killing him. machine. With yeah, like what the, did I say? I don't remember. Like, like, you know, they're a wall that casts this huge shadow, but you thrive oh, yeah. in the shadows. Like, like I was you know, with, with Leon being like, but I'm like, I'm not a great warrior. I just hide in the shadow. And your response to that of being like, fuck that. Well, you like, were like, the bigger they are, the larger the shadow is cast. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like you, like within that shadow is where you succeed. What, whatever it was, it was so mm-hmm. brilliant. I loved it so much that I can't remember and that's also why laszlo laszlo again his internal dialogue is like leon's fine because because no one can do that and the way that it's going to it's guerrilla warfare literally no one is going to do guerrilla warfare better Better than than fucking leon no yes (laughs) (laughs) i almost said it though oh man but no for real yeah he can become a gorilla but no one can do it better and so, like, that's why Laszlo is like, okay, I got to worry about my stuff. I really hope Scooter, you know, is okay. And I'm glad that he's going to have this growing experience. I just hope it doesn't hurt. It hurts him as little as possible. Leon's going to be fine. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> so that's why. That's like, Laszlo's so confident. I'm going to come back from their one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys all walk in here and I don't. I'd, I'd be so upset. <laughs> that would be pretty upsetting, mm-hmm. yeah. Is there any sense of self-doubt in Laszlo as far as his mission and what he's trying to accomplish? And I ask that because I sort of noticed a similarity here between Scooter and Leon, where Leon probably sees, like, Scooter and Laszlo and is like, they're going to be fine. I'm scared for me. I don't know if I can do this. And Scooter is the same thing. He's like, Leon's got this and Laszlo's got this. I'm worried about me. I don't know if I can do this. So is there any of that sentiment that you think Laszlo feels? I feel like Laszlo's in a weird position where he doesn't feel like he's doing much. Laszlo's, I mean, the way that I see it, Laszlo's not like doing the sciencey stuff or the mechanical stuff of building this thing. He's just like helping and overseeing. He's muscle. Like he's like, look, you know, this would be Scooter's thing if Scooter were running, you know, the actual building and stuff. I Mm. pick things up and put them where Aglet tells me to put them. Like that kind of thing and offering like leadership and moral support in in that sort of way. So I think specifically, like on on a micro level, the specific thing that Laszlo's focus is he's like I'm not doing it other people are helping me and doing it for me so I'm not worried about that I think on a more macro scale Laszlo is finding more comfort again in um, kind of I won't say the disappearance of but the softening of the dissonance between his uh connection to his Kalistar upbringing to um, this connection with his uh, chosen family of Cabin 3 that has softened a good bit and more about like okay I gotta be fucking ready to take down Hamza now like now we're doing it and it sounds like we're gonna have help and it sounds like it's gonna be you know this whole big thing but I need to be ready to take down Hamza so I think literally Laszlo is like going and helping with the lighthouse thing literally like a day job and then everything else he's doing outside of that is probably trying to learn as much as he can about whatever the fuck hamza might be um 
anything that might help, like any little detail of whim wham and that sort of thing. Um, and learning about his own counter star people and training a fuck ton. And I think that's act the thing that he's actively focused on. And honestly, the, the lantern feels like a day job that he shows up and clocks out of. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a question for you, Tanner. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like Laszlo and his chosen family and all that. And that seems to be sort of a running theme in foes and fables in general, mm-hmm. like the evergreen boys, um, the archeo characters, Spyros, it sort of seems to be, and I guess this like extends to you as well, Nathan, since this is like your campaign. Sure. Um, I'm kind of curious, I guess, thoughts at the table or if anyone has any perspective on how that is now becoming this consistent foes and fables theme of your family's the family you choose. It just gets hammered in in like everything that we do. Um, I guess like what like what is it you think in your personal lives or experiences like what do you like what is the foundation of that do you think like I just I find it so fascinating and wonderful at the same time that that specific theme is something that keeps coming up in Foes and Fables and I I think it's I don't know I I was curious if you had any insight speaking for me um, I think that um as prevalent as it feels i think it's also just because it was evergreen which was you know a long longer campaign iris which was a longer campaign spyros which is our long form and then you could kind of make the argument that it's there in archeo but it's not like directly touched on as much so it's Mm -hmm. really you know kind of those big three long uh two you know campaigns and then one long form campaign Mm -hmm. um that it shows up in um i think part of it is the uh coming of age part of the story that uh, just is part of playing characters that are the ages that they are. Um, I think part of it also from my own personal experience is that in my life, you know, the people that I decided to be around were, you know, my safety and everything. And now, and I talk about this all the time um, whenever I talk about my friend group with people, but I talk about how weird of a fucking friend group I have because of how close we are and how, like, much trust there is between us and how, like, we don't really have, like weird petty issues ever and like you know we like i don't know we have like a weird group of friends that are this close and this tight and um i'm super thankful for that and you know that is my safety from places that i've come from and um you know that i i live family as the family you choose every day um because of you guys and you guys are the people that i choose um and I think, you know, that is was part of my, you know, coming of age story and uh, even beyond that, just settling into comfort and everything now in adulthood. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's just a part of the story, the, the that age group and that part of life is something that, at least for me, I relate to directly and is kind of the way that I know to tell a coming of age story um, for me at, at the very least. I think an interesting perspective, like my perspective of like, you know, I hear what Tanner's saying with that and knowing it like in my voice of, you know, someone who had that friend group coming to Nashville, left for a while and then realized that was the thing missing in my life. And so decided to move back here because that was the chosen family that I had. And 
Also, I think logistics part of it, A, it was the first theme that we ever had. So pretty easy to remember that like that was the, you know, statement of it. That was the mission statement of campaign <laughs> one. And so the thesis. Yeah. The, yeah. The thesis statement of it. And so especially because we are telling collaborative stories together and the characters that we make aren't direct family, but become family or become units that are akin to that. Unix? Units? Oh, okay. Uh, I heard Unix. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> but no, we're, we're like the characters that we play become a party, become a unit that is family adjacent. And we also don't get to explore what family really looks like in our characters other than in like, you know, Evergreen Iris, what extended family look like that drew to chosen family, or I'm specific thinking with like Tox and Sylvia. But that again is that chosen family aspect of like, this is who I'm choosing to partner with in life to make my family. Right. And so because we are this chosen family that we have done, it's easy for us. And, you know, story wise, also, it makes sense that we would lean into this aspect of that. I think, you know, even in Doorbusters, when it was like, you know, there was the chosen family that Rudy had or that Aaron had um, or the, the, the actual family that they had of their kids or their mom or whatever. But still, there was this camaraderie that we had of we have a shared collaborative goal. And the only way to do that is to trust each other mm -hmm. and, you know, be a unit um, rather than three individuals with the same goal. Yeah, honestly, I don't really have a lot to add to what both of you said. I feel like I would echo pretty much everything said because uh, I have definitely definitely personal experience with families of family you choose. Um, D and D kind of lends to that being a theme, a theme, but like I think Evergreen definitely hit that home more and and Chapter Virus, um, but like um, first virus case. Uh, just the adventuring party kind of deal where you're all from different places and just like yeah and forming a unit and having a, a one goal uh oh well i guess for spyros there are a lot of like individual goals too but um yeah i don't know i, I feel like i could just echo what tanner and zach said for that sort of thing and even with that you know it is this is the fam like you were put together you didn't choose to have each other at first yeah you were just put in a cabin but anyone who's been to summer camp knows like you spend intimate time with a small group of people your age, your peers that become your friends that can morph into something more. That is what has happened with Spyros is that you guys went through shared collective trauma of the camp falling apart and <laughs> Hamza being the worst. Um, and that led your bonds of positivity to strengthen super, super quickly that you move forward and there are those negative things that popped up, you know, early on as you were team goofs and Laszlo and, you know, the way Tanner played him of like, no, we need to be serious and I need to be the one who looks out. And though the more you spend time together and figure that out, the easier it becomes to, you know, actively choose one another rather than have that kind of similar family bond of, you know, we were stuck with each other. I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> I'm gonna say more of the same stuff. I mean, it's a thing I've lived out very much in my life too. Is I've always been blessed with good friend groups, in a lot of ways, and it's always just been the most important thing to me. So, yeah, everything that has been said. <laughs> and I think to circle back on what I touched on earlier, especially in this virus case, I think that's why it's really important that we have this kind of you know breaking away from it because then it is going to make the choosing each other part even stronger mm -hmm. because now it's not like we have to stay together to fucking stay alive now um which was part of it honestly for a while and now we yeah. get to focus you know on ourselves and take care of some things um that are stressors whether it be a situation or whether it be our you know doubt within ourselves and our uh, uh confidence and our own abilities and everything to then come back and then choose each other as that family mm -hmm. um you know with less on our shoulders and more of a common focus with less distract personal distractions yeah I do think that's <clears throat> an interesting phenomenon uh sometimes definitely doesn't apply to everything but um Sometimes, like, the distance in the space uh, can, like, strengthen a bond mm -hmm. and, like, strengthen Absence a relationship. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, yeah. as exactly. they say. And you yeah. got to work on yourself. Like, that's, you know, that's another part of it right. is, yeah. like... The dependence um, that Scooter feels 100% on, like, the team um, for everything from staying alive all the way to, like, emotional support and bravery and all that stuff. It'll be a journey for him to figure out how to provide those things for himself rather, mm -hmm. rather than have them provided for him. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the gaining of independence, like, you think about coming of age or just, like, you know, as you grow up, the, the I say ideal model, but kind of, like, the, the model that seems to work the best, at least in my understanding, is, you know, as a young child, you have so little amount of control and there's a strictness because it is about your safety. And then as you grow older you are given more responsibility and freedoms. So by the time that you leave the nest at 18, whatever that looks like, going off to a job, trade school, college, whatever that looks like, it is easy for you to exit that scenario because you have been taught how to be independent and now you just get to practice it on your own. And getting to launch from that, you know, Scooter is not that. Where it is, you know, in this family that is here, it is, he has always had other people to clean up the mess. He has had people to accommodate, and now he's taking responsibility. It's kind of like replacing one with the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think it is so well-timed that you have a little scoot now. Very well-timed, like, story moment. I the, uh, That almost didn't happen, because when we were leveling up, I, I, I mean, we were all at the table. You guys were there. Mm -hmm. I don't have to recall Wait, everything that happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I didn't know. I was like, you know, do I take another level of sorcerer? Do I, you know, take an artificer level again? And Nathan, you you talked me into it because the uh, um, infusions, infusions. That's mm -hmm. right. The, mm -hmm. I, that seemed pretty useful. They're great. Um, and now you have the embodiment of a tooth, like in the Chip Skylark, my shiny teeth and me. Wow, video. that is true. I promise you that this tooth is not shiny. <laughs> so it's definitely a little bit like tinted yellow. But it is like it. it uh, that's another thing to like bring it back into you know the game side of this where i love how so many times just the mechanics of this game will just be like oh i fit right in here with you know what's going on in the story and like that the fact that you have a little guy now <laughs> that almost probably makes it easier for you to focus on 
taking that responsibility when you can kind of make it less about yourself yeah. and more about taking care of you know someone else is huge for can Scooter Can anybody well. here honestly imagine Iris without Lamentry? Exactly. Honestly. But also I think it's a perfect <laughs> metaphor for Scooter in this that he is taking care of the little version of himself. Oh. oh. Talk you about see, some inner child oh. work. It writes itself. God <laughs> damn. <laughs> Fuck we're a good podcast. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> we were podcasting pretty hard for a second. Yeah, wow. we almost Why did am again. I not yeah. surprised that the psychologist came up with I'm not that? I'm a psychologist. Analogy. I'm a therapist. Why Damn, you just got fucked up, the- dude. <laughs> Damn, he with just owned you. Facts and, and, and logic. logic. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want to end it there. <laughs> what else? Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, G Money has been the honor of a lifetime to play, to be a small part of this chosen family that you guys have, to be an integral story piece. Like, it is such a unique experience to play a character that you don't know a lot of the backstory of and kind of have the creative freedoms um, to just make choices without thinking about the impact or things of of what backstory would have on that and to give Nathan complete control over what that looks like knowing full well I can trust him to A, piece that into the world but B, make it enjoyable for me because I think you know with guest characters that can be hard you know if you're ever guesting in a campaign it can feel really like this is your purpose that you serve Um, and in this especially being able to be here for two different arcs um, especially after I thought I would only be for one and then being able to be a really key piece in the group progressing in the story but still being satisfied where where my journey went over these past 12 episodes mm-hmm. um has been awesome and so to ahead. like enjoy what that looks like and learn to grow into this character um has been fun where instead of just like you know I don't have any memories it's you know I'm don't have any memories and I'm just kind of moving forward no matter what I gain things whether that affects my character or not doesn't matter this is where we're going and so it has felt both structured and freeing to have given you so little um, in terms of like here's a lump of clay and then just like Mm -hmm. together we molded it into the vision that was now he's got a job yeah, now he's a CEO. I now I th- I'm very excited for now that G Money has been able to look back and find out what the past was. That mm-hmm. G Money now can fully like build a future, mm-hmm. you know, with the resources and knowledge um, mm-hmm. that come with it. <laughs> I got to um, what's his name, the wardrobe. Uh, oh, um, uh, blah 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 blah. Frame lock. Frame lock. Just be like, you remember that guy? That was me. But now I'm me. So, like, that was such a fun conversation to have. Like, it's the fact that that video is also so traumatizing. Yeah, it's yeah. horrifying. It's horrifying. horrifying. It's yeah. horrifying someone video. just, like, get demattered, but then turn into skeleton. It's gotta be some kind of HR violation there, honestly. I think the only question I have is how did I get from that building to Tomb? Cool. It has something to do with the fact that Tomb, like, you know, they don't. I mean, maybe someone threw your body in the great big mouth hole. True. I don't know. 
But again, I can't ask many questions because maybe you guys might need me in the future. And uh, oh, we're gonna need you. Yeah, Let's hope are. I don't bankrupt uh, G Money Quarters by then. Um, <laughs> and if you do, the and if you do, we got all the use out of it that we needed. <laughs> Bunch of fat ticks. Just hey, uh, oh ideal Spiros. It's just nature again. Ideal Spiros. We get rid of all infrastructure, and we just uh, and everywhere's wow. like the canine are plane. You, are that you finding? Like are you words that you won't at the say? Door. Yeah, yep. that yeah. sounds like the word that you hey, won't hey, say. Tanner, Tanner. say it. Are you finding say underlying? It. Messages of Spyros's grander meaning. Yeah, yeah. Are no, you? I am. I'm, I'm, That's weird. I'm tapping into it, and I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to say right, it. I'll start the word eco. System. Friend, friendism. <laughs> where we, I'll take where we're so just, friendly just, with. Just say it. We, I, no, it's I don't want to say word. it. Do you want to start it? it and what I'll do you mean? It? It's just a word. It's just a word. It's not just a All word. Why don't you start it and I'll finish? I. No. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, we're getting to a time, maybe, uh, I guess, um, if there's any like specific things we want to talk about. There were a couple of fights in this arc that were fun um, mm-hmm. and goofy. Um, uh, that, well, that, shout out a truck. Shout, shout out, out a truck, a truck shout for sure. Truck. Honestly, shout out scooters like this is going to be my thing while in hub of just... I'm gonna turn things alive. That has been as so fun. As soon as he fun. figured out he could do that, that's just all he cared. He's like, all right, this is what I'm doing now. There's only two spells. It's just that and frozen. <laughs> it's either make people come <laughs> or, or make, or something, make alive. something alive that wasn't before. And then make oh, it come. God. I was gonna say, what oh. if he casts one after the other? No. Oh, no. I, uh, I liked <laughs> when we were having Might the Might have put the whiteboard in a better mood. <laughs> um, that like they were talking about like oh like we gotta go and Scooter's like no we can't split up and the whiteboard was like I don't know you guys seem pretty cool you could do it like Nathan being like let's do this and using that as the vessel to communicate that super time, funny super funny so hard Holy and then immediately shit. Scooter being like nope it's dead I mean I mean Scooter just gives me DM PCs I know. for like a short period of time at least I'm naming them so yeah, yeah. and I can like offer advice sometimes or help in combat like a truck did and i think the way uh, that nathan i feel like i've learned com- can combat scooters insanity is by one-upping him like, being like yeah, yeah sure this, sure this thing's alive but now it's out of your control like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just talking and, yeah. and you talking. made the boat move on its own but like, <laughs> oh frame lock for the first time i was like that is the most spyros npc i've ever met which is the thing that i said after i met the last spyros npc it yep. just it keeps yep. getting better. Still, such an incredibly vivid mm. setting. This campaign, yeah, flavoring yeah. combat in this world has never been easier. Oh, yeah. oh so I love it! So fun! fun. I love oh my combat. God. It has really yeah. challenged me to oh, be able that, to that was a crit. Flavor. That was one of the crits of all. time. That was one yeah. of the crits of all time, dude. I'm dude, so yeah. fucking happy. Lazlo has great crits. Yeah, he does. In this campaign, I'm really happy about it. Your crits are out of control. Everyone Thanks. knows that. <laughs> Thank you. But like. Like Sturge was saying, like it has never been easier to flavor combat, and because it's so silly, and you kind of let us stretch some things. Yeah. Um, at yeah. least in terms of creativity, like without even bending the rules, mm-hmm. um, it has really challenged me to think about that. You know, both before my term comes up, and then in turn of like, all right, what has happened? Reacting to everyone else and making it my own and being able to have prosciutto my little guy with me also made it super fun because then i could like bounce things off each other totally um Mm -hmm. and that was great and i think uh combat 
at least I, I and what people have told me people are like combat's kind of like it's a lot it's a slog it's this it's that but I feel like I've always wanted it to be a cool thing and I've always viewed Spyros as like it's very like video gamey and like, adventure in yeah. that way so I want the combat to sparkle mm -hmm. and like I think it has and I I would like to say that you guys have done a fantastic that job that was one of my I, that, that um, final fight was one of my favorites of Spyro yeah. so far and I love that we can do the wombo combos <laughs> yeah it makes it so much more fun too yeah I, it's yeah. not just I do this I do this it's yeah. like, like in, well in, it would I'm gonna off. use yeah. the spiritual weapon to yeah. hit the octopus mm. yeah why not exactly <laughs> it's so cool like it doesn't change I me. don't just have have to throw daggers. I think know? one of the things I love specifically about that last fight is something that I li recently was listening to Brian Murphy talk about hmm. and how one of the things that you can do as a DM in terms of combat is introduce things about the terrain and where you are that impact what your character does where it's mm -hmm. not just like you know every combat isn't just you're in this square grid fight each other right you know we had the added bonus of water rushes into the room yep. there are boats that you can get on the lair actions specifically were making you you know uh Vulnerable. Uh, vulnerable to lightning damage if you were in the certain uh, vicinity around um, the the octopus, and so like having those extra things makes you think more creatively because you're like, all right, how do I solve this problem? It makes you interact with the space more, mm -hmm. um, and so that was super fun. Or like when we even like having a truck there, where it was like, all right, we can kind of go around a truck. We like Leon hid under a truck, yeah, um, and like just you know interacting with the space around you and then having that either help or hinder you or be just a, a, another obstacle um, is yeah. something that's super fun. I mean, in combat too, I, I feel like the environment is half of it. I, yeah. I, I like... Yeah. It, people just like swinging to no end is not going to be nearly as enjoyable as uh, interacting with your environment to swing. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah. And the uh, truck example... Like that, that combat was a bit more simple environmentally, but mm -hmm. like the truck, you guys interacting with a truck made it so interesting. Um, and I and I like always placing something in the room that is like, like an, a gimme, like oh I should use that to my advantage, or, and that's also why I introduced the water like around into combat because I wanted it to seem like kind of safe. Mm -hmm. and normal at first but then around in everything changed I love and i that. also i love environments that change because that's what would happen in like a fight like this yeah. like it wouldn't just be endless swinging like people be running around and doing things so yeah i, I don't know i've always really loved combat as uh playing D, D. so i've always wanted it to shine in spiros and you guys have helped me do that so yeah it's been really wow. nice wow. yeah i also wow. liked the juncture fight that was fun yeah Thank um, you for making combat enjoyable. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. more of a role-playing person, personally, mm -hmm. um, and I'm always just so, like, I don't know, all the combat that we have had in Spyros all together, I've just loved. Like, I've had so much fun. And I think something else, aside from, like, environment and interacting with the environments, but also is, like, role-playing the combat. Like, the way we're yeah. interacting with each other and the I way we're interacting with the people we're fighting. and was like, one of the best for us, like, role-playing in the midst of, of yeah. combat. I think we mm -hmm. did a really good job. I'm very proud. Yeah, it does seem pretty, like, easy flow uh, with the Spyros crowd. Yeah. Um, good luck doing easy. it one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. 
Honestly, I'm, I'm not worried about it. What are you talking about? I'm two yeah. on oh, you're whatever. Right. I, you know, I, I yeah, got right. I got little scoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am excited for how that will go, though. I've been on me. I can't wait. Yeah, if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon and listened to the play test to hear some other one-on-one D and D. Plug, if you get to a high enough tier, you will get a one-on-one with me. I will take you out to a nice dinner, and we will have a wonderful time. I guess that's that a thing, a thing I gotta figure happening? out now. Um, I David you give said us a it. million dollars. Honestly, I'm a million dollars. I'm a really cheap date. Actually, I'm just gonna put this out. I'm a really friendly guy. If you just ask, I'll hang out with you. Go to Dino's, get a burger and beer. I mean, if you, yeah, if you're like, hey, dude from Frozen Fables, take me out to a nice dinner. Hey, yo, I'll just be like, I'm not saying that. Don't do that. Neither will I. Yeah, I will. I might do it. It. I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I'll go on a double date uh, with the yeah. Davids. Yeah, <gasps> that will be a Patreon. <laughs> double, double D's with double D. Get us out of here before they can change their minds. I why I, I change my I mind? I was about to say no. I want this. <laughs> okay, great. And again, I'll just do, I'll just do it for free. <laughs> nice. Well, on that note, um, <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah, uh, if you like listening, um, you know, rate us well. With five stars and stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, follow our socials and join our Discord mm-hmm. to further talk about this mess of stuff. <laughs> and then also, you know, subscribe to Patreon for Absolutely. more stuff and possible uh, hangouts with David Beeman. Um, <laughs> and David Sturgis. And David Sturgis, yeah. Um, Spyro's going to be kind of on the back burner for a while here. Um, yeah. But uh, it'll come back with a fury. With a but, vengeance. But uh, we're going to be taking like, a good amount of time to hit the new campaign that's coming out right next after next this. Week, yeah. Oh, next yeah, week. that's right. The new campaign. Yeah. Campaign three. I can't wait to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Shimmer. Yep. It's going to be so much fun, right? Yes. Right, yeah. guys? So it's going to be so fun. much fun. Right? It's going to be mm-hmm. so much fun. You're right, going to love right, it. Tanner? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I now realize that I'm going to have to explain why he's not there, but we've already recorded the first two episodes. No, nah, we don't need to do... No, we don't need to explain anything. What do you mean? <laughs> what? what? We don't have to explain do you anything. No, do you, you know mean? why. He is there. He just is doing a really, really good voice. He's, 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 yeah. Actually, he's playing a silent character this whole time. No, no. It's okay. We can we can do this here and now. I, I, um, I will not be in camp campaign three and it is because tanner has fired me from the podcast <laughs> that's not true that's not true at all not even kind of true um, no i started taking uh, i started going out on too many free dates not true um third time's the charm tell us the truth this time for sure. This this time <laughs> for, for sure. sure. <laughs> On that note, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Please rate us five stars. I love how genuinely concerned some of our yeah, listeners yeah, are going to be. We don't need to tell me. Uh, special anyone, surprise. Anyone got anything yeah, to shout um, out? I no. need to leave because I got to go stop Liam from trying to ride a uh, training wheel. Oh, well, oh, we can't get out of this room. He doesn't, he doesn't want that. Yeah, and also yeah, that's we're also terrifying. locked in here. Yeah, that's terrifying. Liam! Liam! <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Fables. We'll see you next time. Yeah! <laughs>